if this is your first time ever in church, you probably have heard of, or at least partially, the 23rd Psalm. I can't remember the last time that I either um, officiated at a funeral or a memorial service or one that I attended that the 23rd Psalm wasn't at least in part read or um, uh, alluded to. It's just a comforting psalm. And I wanted to pick something for this particular challenge that we start off with today for these next three weeks with one week interruption next week. I wanted to pick something that, that was familiar, probably almost as universally familiar to just to, as, as almost anything I can imagine in the Bible. Um, therefore, we chose this particular psalm. And uh, so, seven by seven, I want to make sure we're clear on this because we had some, I had four comments after the early service. They weren't clear what we meant by seven by seven. And we were very clear, I thought. Show, show that slide that we had, the seven by seven slide. I want to see this one. Seven minutes. Uh, these are Ivy people, for goodness sakes. Now, what's hard about this? No, I'm kidding. Uh, actually, I'm not kidding. But um, anyway, <laughs> here's the challenge. I want to set it up front as we get into this psalm. Uh, we're, 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 I'm asking you, I'm throwing it down, okay? Throw down, baby. Uh, seven minutes a day. Seven days a week. Not seven times a day. Okay? That, that came up. Seven minutes a day. Listen, you can do this. You had, you had your, your partially tarnished ADD pastor uh, working for you on this one. Because we started talking about this, some of these guys. Well, what about 20 minutes? I said, not 20 minutes. No, not 20 minutes. Hey, listen, it's okay to do 20 minutes. Okay? But I, I want something that's bite-sized for some of, you. some of you. Some of you spend 30 minutes a day right now. Or I know a, a couple of people who spend an hour every morning who, reading their Bible and just praying, and God bless you. Keep doing that. But for some of you, it, it's something new, and that's terrific, and I want to help you take that next step. Seven minutes, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Seven minutes a day on this particular psalm, and I'm going to show you some things how to do that right now in terms of, of the 23rd psalm. You say, how can I read the same psalm seven days a week for seven minutes and get something new? Try it. Try it. Uh, and and so, so here we go. Um, just, it's just one of the more sort of a mass appeal passages of the Bible. I mean, it's multicultural, it's multi-everything. So the first thing I want to do is just show you, just to show you how, how wide-reaching this particular psalm is. I did some research on some stuff, and, and I found, for instance, this. This is the 23rd psalm for busy people. Okay, so it's the 23rd psalm, but it's, it's kind of in different wording, and, and, and you'll see, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Here we go. The Lord is my pace setter. I will not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with stillness, which restores my serenity. He leads me in ways of efficiency through calmness of mind, and His guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish each day, I will not fret, for His presence is here. His timelessness, His all-importance will keep me in balance." He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of my activity by anointing my mind with his oils of tranquility. Isn't that cool? His oils of tranquility. My cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruit, the fruits of my hours, and I shall walk in the peace of the Lord forever. 
kind of it's just a neat another way of wording something you know and, and they did that in a way that would i think we all could relate to so here we go we're going to talk about this 23rd psalm by, by the way let me let me add something reflecting on scripture will change your life it really will change your life and the Bible tells us, for instance, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, a very interesting, very interesting couple of verses there. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we, when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. So it's kind of, you know, it, the Bible, in like nothing, I mean, we're going to look at probably one of the greatest pieces of literature and poetry in history today. But it's more than that. It's more than that. And, and the Bible and, and reflecting upon Scripture, can, you know, I love that part in Timothy that I just read where he says, it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. As we get to know the Bible better, you've heard me say this before, but it's true, um, I can't really get into a good sin anymore without a hundred verses coming to my, my mind why I shouldn't be doing this, you know? And, which is a good thing. And hopefully that will be a deterrent. Um, but that's, that's the part that I want you to see here with this whole thing, and that is that, that reflecting upon Scripture will change your life. It'll just change your life. Now, real quickly, let me give you, and, and by the way, let me say something else, because I, I understand this. I'm going to show you some things in this psalm, and you're going to say, well, I can't do that. I, haven't, I don't have the database that you're working with. I don't have you know, a theological education. I haven't been doing what I do for over 30 years. So separate yourself from that for a moment, because I understand that. But you can just just approach the Scripture, and whether you understand all of the background or not, it's nice if you can find that out, and it's not that hard these days, certainly with the Internet, although you have to be careful because, you, I don't know if you know this or not, but everything you read on the Internet may not be true. I don't know if you know that, but, but you, you need to hear that from me. Um, but even if you don't know, always know all the background, there's, there's great benefit in just stopping and reflecting and, and asking, you know, just thinking about it. Maybe in some cases, I'll show you what I mean by this in a minute, uh, just pray some of those words to God. I'll show you, that, sounds, that sounds weird. I'll, sh- I'll show you what I mean in a minute. Here's what, here's what there, there's some things about this, this psalm you need to know. One writer says this. He says, just to kind of give you a little background on David, one of the chapters of his life that a lot, a lot of people don't know about, unless you've been a scholar of David, um, and I know David about as well as I do anybody. Um, and he, he, King David, later in his life, after Bathsheba, after all that stuff, he had a problem with one of his sons, Absalom, who led a rebellion, literally against his father, the kingdom that his father was, uh, was over, um, um, Israel. And he led a rebellion. And for a period of months, David was literally ousted and basically out of the out of the. the, the the throne, the, the, the capital, the, what are we, the, 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 the uh, Bethlehem. What am I saying here? Um, he literally couldn't go back to his own, um, his own kingdom. He had to be on the run from his son, Absalom. Several months. One writer says, and this isn't, don't go too far with it, but one writer, and I only found one writer that says it, that he wrote this particular psalm when he was out running literally for his life from his son and his, and his uh, who had taken over the kingdom for a brief period of time, sort of a, you know, sort of a hostile overthrow, if you will, hostile takeover. Um, whether or not it was at that time, all scholars agree that the psalm, this psalm is for people who, like David, 
are experiencing major upheaval in their life. Perhaps you too maybe have, te- have kids who are rebelling and, and is causing major upheaval in your life. Maybe, it's, maybe your home is in turmoil. Maybe, maybe a long-standing relationship in your life is breaking up or has broken up. You know, maybe it's that, or, or you know, it may be something as earth-shaking and as life-changing as that, or maybe, and, and, and I'm not minimizing this, because it can be very, it can be, I've talked to guys who've been, and ladies who've been through this, or maybe it's a deal that you've worked on for three years that blew up, and it's just like, oh, man, maybe it's a job situation, world that we're living in today, of course, it's very possible. Whatever... The situation, David wrote this during a time of extraordinary distress and extraordinary dysfunctionality. So keep that in mind as we write. And and the other thing he did, he was writing this from the perspective of, this is the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay, I'm a sheep. I always love the word sheep because I can't get the singular and the plural mixed up. Um, But, but, and and I know, being a, being a, Raised in a, on a farm in the middle of Ohio, I know a little bit about sheep. We had our baseball field actually on a, in a sheep pasture. For some reason, you know, I, had, I thought I was thinking about sheep the other day because we had a few. I don't know how many we had, ten or twenty. And um, for some reason, they would always just—excuse my my English here—but they would always just poop a whole bunch between second and third base. And whenever we'd, whenever we'd slide into second or third base, it was just a mess. You know, just, never forget that about these stinking sheep. But listen, here, here's the issue about sheep. I used to always get instructed sternly by my father, who gave very few stern instructions. Don't chase the sheep. Don't chase the sheep. You know why? I finally found out that one day. when I, was, I, finally, I finally said, Dad, why, don't, why can't I chase the sheep? Because he said, they'll run until they die. They're that stupid. They'll just keep running until they die. Sheep are not known for being real bright, Okay. They're one of the, you know, Google sheep, you'll see it. They're not, not known as one of the brighter animals, you know, on the, on, the, on, the, on the chain there, whatever. So you say, well, what are you saying? Are you saying we're compared to sheep and we're not very bright? Bingo. That's what I'm saying. You say, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listen to me. Think back on your life. How many times can you think back and say, boy, I, I did some really stupid things. I really did some stupid things. I should be dead, or I should be there. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't even be in the relationship that I'm in now because of stupid things that I've done. We've all done sinfully stupid things. And that's why he relates it to us. You know, another passage in the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. So that's, that's, that's the context in which, in which David is writing this. I'm a sheep, and I, I go off the path sometimes. I get lost. Sheep get lost. I, I go off the path sometimes. Uh, one, one writer says that sheep, sheep have to, had to be put in at nighttime. They're so dumb they would wander off and you couldn't find them. And that's not, that's not necessarily that's unique to sheep in terms of the animal kingdom. But that's why the, the shepherd would always have to, to sleep at the gate of the pen. So they wouldn't be wandering off and to keep other things from coming in. Um, so we all have wandered off the path. Stupidly sometimes. Sinfully crazy sometimes. And that's why he's saying, you know, we have a, a great shepherd. And by the way, that's, that's the, the, one of the things I want to say to you about that is this. Um, there's a very good reason why the Lord is portrayed as a shepherd. He's not a cowboy. Now think about that. I'm not trying just to be funny with that, but, 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 but think about that. 
He's not punching the doggies. He's not pulling out a whip. He's not pulling out electric cattle prods. He's a shepherd. He has a staff. And he moves us along the path. And, and that's, 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 that's the picture that David is drawing for us and for himself here as he, as he writes this psalm that has lived on for, you know, forever and will forever in terms of comfort and so forth. So, let's pick it up. I'm going to, we read it, you heard it earlier in the, uh, when uh, Natalie read it, that was in the TNIV version. This is going to be in the New Living Translation. And I'm just going to kind of take it a little, little, little chunks here, little bite-sized chunks. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. You know, we live in a complicated, changing world. Decisions that we make not only affect us, but they usually affect others. Either my family, my kids, my, in some cases, grandkids, or the people that I work with. As a result, we need to, you know, obviously we make decisions sometimes that we have to really stop and think, and, and we're very cautious about it. When you read a verse like this, he leads me beside, he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me. When verses like that, you, you, you have to stop and you have to say, I really need to continue to look for, long for, seek God's leading in my life. How do I do that? Well, there's a lot of ways. Certainly part of that is that still, small voice that's spoken of in the Old Testament. In the back of our, in the back of our conscience, if God, you know you shouldn't be doing this, or you know you shouldn't, you shouldn't be ready to say what you're about ready to say. Sometimes it's that still, small voice. Sometimes it's, it's the Bible. That's why we need to know the Bible and be thinking about the Scripture. The Scripture gives us some real profound, practical ways to, to live and, and to respond, or in some cases not respond. Um, that's, why we, that's why we read the Bible, because reflecting on Scripture can change your life. Anxiety is a big deal, too. You know that. It can Many, of, many, many here understand what a panic attack is because of, of, of all the stuff that can happen as you think about the uncertainty of the future and, and all the other kinds of things. It never, was a, never was a time better for us to stop and reflect on, he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. Just helps me, it just helps me in a calm thinking kind of way as I think on this. Reflecting upon Scripture, it'll change your life. It'll change your inner life. And that'll change your outer life as well. Verse 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close behind me, your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. I even says you, you even protect me in, in, to the degree of preparing me a feast in, in the presence of my enemies. I even have strength there. And you're, you're on, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. The idea there, the idea there is, is it, anointing with oil in this particular context meant refreshment. Something like you know after you've had a you know a good hard physical workout, been working, or, or maybe even doing something else, and and, and you just get a, a good refreshing shower, and you're like, oh wow, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing it, 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 it 
connotes here uh, in, in a certain certain way. But you know, we always think of that verse 4, when I walk through the darkest valley or when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we always think about that and read that when people are either dying or we have a loved one that might be dying and, and so forth. And it's a great passage for that. Don't want to take that away at all. But it's also a great passage for those dark hours that we all have whether it be a decision or whether it be a loss of someone or whether it be a, a, something that happened that you didn't expect, one of, the, one of those great curveballs of life that all of a sudden you're in just a dark hour in your life. I mean, and, that, and what he's basically saying is even when I walk through those dark hours, I'm not going to be afraid because you're there with me. I may not always feel it, but you're there with me, God. And then he, then he goes, on, my cup overflows with blessings. You stop and you're reading this and you're reflecting on this, okay? And you get to that verse. Right, so what do I do with that? My cup overflows with blessings. Just stop and reflect. Well, let, me, let me just think a minute. What are the blessings that overflow in my life? For some of you, it might be your, your, your spouse. For some of you, it might be your family. For some of you, it might be your, some friends that you could think of, your parents. Or, so for some of you, it might, be, it, might, it, it might be some of your material possessions. There's nothing wrong with counting that as a blessing. Um, it's, not, it's not possessions that are wrong. It's not material blessing that is wrong. It's sometimes our attitude toward them is wrong. But that's something we can thank God for, too. I don't have to worry about missing a meal. Some people do but arguably, many more, more people that have to worry about that than don't in the world that we live in. So, so you just stop, and when you're, when you're reading something like that, you, you honor me with my, by anointing my head with oil, you refresh me, and, and my cup overflows with blessings. You just stop and think, yeah, Lord, my, my, yeah, I can think about that more than seven minutes. Yeah, all of us could. And then he says, surely goodness... An unfailing love, not will follow, it will pursue me. It'll pursue me. It'll come after me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. You know, one of the things here that, that I don't want you to miss, and, 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 and I'm gonna, we're going to read through it again here without the stops, but one of the things that I don't want you to miss is the view that this gives us of who God is as our great shepherd. He's not up there ready to drop bombs on me every time I get off the path. He's there to lovingly, oh, there goes Rich again. Now, Rich, you know what happens when you get off the path. You're going to get hurt. And I don't want you doing that. And see, this is, this is the thing. This is where we really, and, and unfortunately, church and, and preachers and so forth, I think have, have, have some, not all, some have, have really hurt us here. Because some of us have this view of God that, you, you, this is sin. You don't want to. You don't want to commit sin. Sin really means missing the mark. Okay, um, and you don't. But here's why: it's not because God has arbitrarily said this is sin and this is not. God has said, "Listen, if you do this and you miss the mark and it's sin, it's going to hurt." Now, now, just think about this. Think about this. Think of the. Be- We've all got them. The, best, the biggest regrets, some of the biggest hurts you've had in your life has been because either you or someone close to you has strayed from the path. They've missed the mark. They've done something that God would call sin, whether that be lying or stealing or betrayal or, 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 or you know, too much of this or too, too much of that. 
So, so the, the point here is God's not here ready to drop bomb, bombs on us or, 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 or come down, there goes Richie, you know? Otherwise, I'd be dead um, and deserve that probably. But, but the point would be God is saying, hey, come on, let's get back on the path. You're going you're gonna to get in there and you're going you're gonna to mess up your life. I, don't, I love you too much for that. Don't do that. See, that's the view we need to understand of who God is. He's the shepherd. He's not there to punch us out. He's not there to, 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 to chastise us. Just, oh, you arbitrary. He wants what is best for us because he loves us. And, and I, 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 I talk about that some because I really do fear, and I, I'm going to put it that way, that so many people have a wrong view of who God is because of whatever reasons. I consider one of my... One of my challenges in life is to make sure people understand who God is. I don't understand a lot, but I understand that, of who God is. So that's, that's an important issue. Reflecting on Scripture. It'll change your life. It'll change your inner life. And that will change how you behave. It's amazing how it works. So here's what I want to do. You heard Natalie read that in the TNIV. That's today's... Uh, New International Version. I'm going to read it. What I just read to you was the NLT, New Living Translation. And I'm going to read that just without stopping in the middle of it. I'm going to make a few comments after that. And I'm going to read it to you in one other little paraphrase I'll tell you about in a second. All right? But let's just, just go back through it again. And just, this is just reflecting on these verses. Just, I don't know how, what might hit you. It might be one word. It might be one phrase. But that's okay. That's, that's why we reflect. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a a feast for me in the presence of mine enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. I'll be with God's, in God's presence forever, now and in the life to come. You just stop and you think about that and different things hit you and different things you think about different things and, and maybe, you, maybe you want to pray um, goodness and, and, and unfailing, I always say goodness and mercy because of another translation that I memorized. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. And, and you might want, praying a verse, you're saying, God, I want to pray. I want to pray that goodness and unfailing love will, will just continue to follow after me. I just want to pray that. Pray that, God, that goodness and unfailing love will be a part of my life. So it means when you pray something. Martin Luther, by the way, used to pray a psalm, part of his, part of his uh, personal devotions. Every day he would pray a different psalm. And he would, just, he would read a psalm or, or have it memorized um, and, and, and make that his prayer to God. He would do other prayers as well. He had a whole interesting little book I read one time on the, on the uh, private life of Martin Luther. But um, that's, that's, that's how you do that. You just take those words and just say, I want to pray that, God. That's Okay. God's not going to hold plagiarism against you. He knows where it came from, you know? You could argue it's not really plagiarism. Um, it's there for us. Um, written originally, you know, inspired by God. Reflecting on Scripture will change your life. 
Let me show you something. Now, I'm going to show you, uh, some of you know I do this from time to time. I use the message. It's a paraphrase. Um, not a word-by-word translation, but a paraphrase. And I like reading it a lot because it's more in today's language, and, and it's, just, just, it's an easy read. And um, this is something that, you know, you can do. You, know, you can get these translations, different translations for your, for your iPhone or your much, you know, less desired uh, BlackBerry. But um, you, can get, you can get all kinds of different things uh, in terms of Bible. So you can read this on the train, seven minutes. I mean, that's just like between Short Hills and uh, South Orange, you know? There you go. How hard is that? Um, so the message, you know, this is another translation. It's just, I don't really care about the translation. I care about, the, just try this for seven minutes for seven days a week. And, and in this case, Psalm 23 for this week, just every time, seven, seven minutes. So here we go, the message. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and your love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. I mean, listen, it's just so strong. And you read this, and you stop, and you reflect upon this. Listen, you don't know what's going to happen in your life. It'll be good. It'll be all positive. Because reflecting upon Scripture will change your life. Change your inner life at first. And, of course, that has outward results as well. So I want to take a minute and just, I'm going to pray and ask God to, 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 to strengthen you and, and to remind you. Sometimes it's just a thing of being reminded uh, to do this uh, from time to time. And, and just ask God to take some of these words that we've talked about and, and just indelibly print them into our hearts and to our minds. Let's pray together. Lord, our Father, we are so grateful and we are so thankful for the love that you have for each of us. And we're thankful that we have this, really a treasure, the Bible. And I pray, Lord, that you would, each one of us, whether it be in the morning or whether it be in the way into work or on the way back out or, or waiting, for some, waiting for the kids in a car or waiting for somebody else somewhere else, or, on a jog or doing whatever, that you would, would, would remind us to stop and take seven minutes, reflect on Psalm 23 this week, and, and just, just, just to think about it, just to reflect upon it, to meditate upon it. Think through it, whether it be just part of a verse or the whole thing. We pray that, and we ask God that we thank you for the results that will happen in our lives. It's just amazing. And that we thank you for your love for us that is far beyond anything that we can imagine. Thank you for the Jesus that he came and he, he lived and he suffered and he died and he rose again. And he did that to give us life eternally and abundantly. We thank you in Jesus' name for that. Amen.